Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team who've now lost 16 league games this season. It genuinely is a minor miracle. We're still mid-table. Anyway, we'll have more on the defeat to Wolves in a moment. Plus, later in the show, Frankie brings me yet another of his hot and spicy questions. But before we get to all that, Frankie, you're back in the UK. I trust you made it back safely and untroubled through customs. How does it feel to be back in Blighty? I did make it safely through customs. It was a bit of a nightmare. I mean, I don't know what it is. In the last year, just everybody seems to have come back through airports in the UK seems to have just been in really, really long queues. And um, it wasn't just a long queue. It was just like a bit shambolic. But I won't go on about that too much because that's just, you know, something that we all have to endure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I am back from Australia and I can't recommend it enough. I know it's... Uh, I go there because my girlfriend is Australian. So there's, you know, there's a family reason for me to go. But um, if ever you get a chance in life to go see that place, I couldn't recommend it, you know, enough. And uh, Queensland particularly is an absolutely beautiful state and part of the world. And I I just really like that, you know, like that country, love visiting it. And um, it was, I had a great old time. Um, And I'm going to miss your travel vlogs. (laughs) yeah me outside gigantic casinos (laughs) which i just so like mind yeah yeah (laughs) um after having some schooners that like they have pints but generally beers are delivered to you in what's called a schooner size so Mm. i think it's like three quarters of a pint um, there's probably some australians screaming at me that that is wrong right now but (laughs) um but yeah it's uh so it actually kind of works a bit better because it means if you have three or four schooners, I feel like I've had enough and I don't feel a hangover the next day. Whereas three or four yeah. pints, you know, I wake up the next day and sell block H wondering how I got there. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, God, it, it, that, that reminds me of the, the most, the most drunk I've ever been, uh, Frankie, while we're on the topic of beers and schooners, whatever they are. Mm. Um, the most drunk I've ever been was in Cardiff when we were at university together. Oh, yeah. um, I, and I, I can't remember what I was drinking, but I think someone was just buying me lots of drinks and God knows what it was. And it was a horrible concoction of a few things. Mm. And um, I just, I don't, I just don't remember the end of the night getting home, <laughs> anything. Yeah. Yeah. But the next morning I wake up, sort of, sort of like slowly sort of open my eyes and I'm like, where am I? And I was under, I was under my desk <laughs> so it was so next to my I was in my bedroom at least which was positive but I was on my knees lying face forward with my arm outstretched under my desk and I followed and I followed like my arm with my eyes to the, my fingertips and at the edge of my fingertips was a sandwich which I'd made but just not eaten it sounds like it sounds like a renaissance painting or something it's fantastic yeah, it was quite dramatic yeah. the fall of George or something um I think the most oh man oh god the I dread to think the most drunk I've been I think I do remember once waking up like in my bed fully clothed with my jacket on shoes on and I, I just jumped up and I was like where is everybody and then I looked at the time and I was like how is it like 12 o'clock in the afternoon what was it a pub and i i just started like looking at videos and night before i was like where was that how how did this happen how, when who who is that and then was it like was it was it was it like the film memento where you're yeah, sort of tracing, tracing it back through pictures and videos <laughs> yeah <laughs> writing people's names down on polaroid pictures yeah. you've taken of them <laughs> yeah but uh, but um on the way back um from australia i 
I've got, I'm a bit of a history nerd, right? That's what it's like, just something I'm quite into. And I found this podcast called The History of Rome, which I'd ne- somehow never heard of. And it's, apparently it was really big years ago. And um, so I started uh, listening to it, downloaded a few episodes, and I'm very into Emperor Commodus, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. in the film Gladiator, Gladiator. Yeah, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix plays Commodus. And in real life, Commodus truly was as bad as that film makes him to look. <laughs> somehow even worse. Um, but I found out, and I didn't know this, that he'd renamed Rome after himself. So for a while it was called like Commodiana or whatever. And uh, he renamed every month of the year. He gave it every single name that he'd given to himself. So it was like Lucius Herculean because he saw it because he believed he was the reincarnation of Hercules. So renamed mm. every month. And I was like, if I was a tyrannical ruler, I would rename every month of the year after the Aston Villa 92-93 squad. <laughs> so like March would now become like Kevin Richardson. <laughs> it would just be Richardson. Yeah. Or what, what a horrible Saunders we're having. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold around York time. People just get confused if you're talking about the month or the place. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, oh. I tell you what, if this podcast really, really gets going and we sort of sort of stem into uh, into politics from from this, and maybe we have a chance at it. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. Me yeah, and speaking, you, joint emperors. Check this out for a segue into talking about Aston Villa. So, um, you know, talking about Rome, founded allegedly by. Um, uh, by Romulus and Remus suckling on the teat of a she-wolf um, <laughs> <laughs> and it finished Wolves 2 yeah. Aston Villa 1 <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed you've just improvised that on this <laughs> I'm so happy with that That's, well I, I listen Frankie I also studied I studied ancient history as part of my uh, my degree so yep. there's 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 the link there for me so um <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so Wolves two, Villa one, Frankie. It was it was uh, another sort of kind of thoroughly disheartening, particularly first half again performance. Um, mm. What what how how did you how did you see it? Well, right now we kind of look like a gladiator been sentenced to the Colosseum. He's <laughs> just got like <laughs> some feeble little guy who you just know is going to get absolutely destroyed by an elephant running over him or something. Yeah, um, one of those like trident spears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just not a chance. Well, is it, they also had that sort of trident spear with a net. Yeah. Well, like, I, net what thing. use is this? Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I... Uh, it's been so long ago that I'm wondering like, oh, what what even happened? But from what I remember, right, the first five minutes, Villa looked really on top of it, looked really Mm. confident, really good. Everyone comes back from the international break, you're like, great. And then John McGinn um, goes on a run, slips over, Shao Martino gets the ball, and then somehow Esri Conta proceeds to slip over. Yeah. And then they go and score a somewhat farcical goal. It was just... it's not really to do with shape. It's just a goal where two players slip over and then just a calamity of just misfortune, really. And mm. you could argue, you know, McGinn, does he suit the number uh, or the does he suit the CDM role that he played in? I would argue that he can play there, but that it's not to his strength. His no. strength is where he plays for Scotland, where he regularly scores, creates, and that is further forward doing a bit of attacking. I wouldn't say it's a gamble that necessarily worked. I think we looked a lot more comfortable with Douglas Louise when he came on second half and played in that role. Um, 
But uh, yeah, then Wolves proceeded. I mean, it just seemed like we lost our heads then um, in the first half and Wolves proceeded to just kind of have a fair few chances. Probably should have been about two or three nil up. Um, took the two nil lead, deserved it. And uh, then you'd say that Villa left it too little too late. Um, made the substitutions. I think they could have come on earlier. Um, that's where I probably, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people getting at Steven Gerrard and I think, all right, fair enough. Villa are annoyingly inconsistent, but sometimes that's just what happens when you have new management. You know, mm-hmm. Mikel Arteta is a comparable one in the last two years. You know, he, he's had terrible times at Arsenal. Um, he seems to have worked something out there in, the, in recent months. Um, and Gerard, similarly at Rangers, took a bit of time. And I think you just got to be patient. You know, it's, it's hard in football to be patient, but ultimately he is working with what he has, which I think is a team that is somewhat flawed, has talent, has a lot of good players, but has some fundamental structural issues, primarily CDMs and physicality in the middle. And I think that sometimes we play teams like Wolves and West Ham and we just get a bit physically overawed. And that's just what happens. Um, mm. You know, we, when we play narrow, I think we look a bit better. I think it's a shame Ings has been out the last two games because Ings and Watkins seem to be working something out, pulling players wider. You know, I think we do look a bit better when we play narrow. But then again, some games when we do that narrowness, or narrow approach, then we get hit down the width. So this is something we're going to have to work out. When teams hit us down the width, how do we react to that? And then the narrow thing, um, certain games, that clearly works. It it, it really worked um, in the three games we won in a row. Mm. So um, Buendia as well, I think he definitely should have been on earlier. I did wonder why he wasn't on earlier. And Leon Bailey, I thought, didn't have the greatest game. Benefit of the doubt, he's not played much this season. Um, but uh, we would have expected better this year from a player who is as high profile and as expensive as he is. He has been unfortunate with, with a lot, fair few injuries though. Um, but uh, yes, Villa lost. I think we there actually were chances in it for us. Watkins should have scored um, before the penalty. Um, but did Wolves deserve it? Yeah. Could it have been four-one? Yeah. And could it Wolves not taking the chances? Could it have been two-two somehow with Matty Cash volleying it at the end? Yeah. yeah. Um, just didn't go our way. Three losses in a row is concerning, but we're just going to have to be patient. We are what we are at the moment, and let's hope. I'm not saying let's just throw loads of money at it. But let's hope in the summer. I've ranted on a bit here. I've gone a bit Emperor Commodus, taking up a bit of limelight and all that, but. Um, <laughs> We just have to accept where we are right now and let's hope in the summer we can rectify some of our structural issues. Yes. Well, Frankie, I have to say I agree with uh, with with pretty much m- most of what you say there. If I was a Roman emperor, I would be giving you the thumbs up uh, <laughs> in in the in the forum, in the arena. Maybe the Praetorian um, Guard and then I betray you after a year. Declare <laughs> myself emperor. Sort of po- poison me. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I yeah, I do I do agree. I do agree with all that. Uh, yeah, it's just another as I said as I introduced you at the start of this whole segment. Um what I find infuriating is how slowly we start games. I mean, I know you talk about the opening 5 minutes where we kind of did okay and we tried to get on the front foot, but it's just it seems to be time and time again we're just a, we're just like a second half team or a 45 minute team and I think I think Gerard touched on that. Um after the game, I think he, he himself called called us a 45-minute team and that's something that he does need to address because, you know, we can't start, we can't constantly start these games so slowly because we just, you know, we, we dig ourselves into a hole which we find 
you know very difficult to dig ourselves out of again yeah so that's that's a problem you know we bang on about the the midfield again i mean I, what i don't want this podcast to be is just uh you know a um a groundhog day sort of situation where we're talking about the same problems we can yeah out. But, but, but unfortunately it, it's clear as day what the problems are you yeah. know physicality in midfield once again and i know gerard tried to mix it up a bit whether that was through his own sort of um ideas tactically or through injury you know it was i have to say it was it's, it was nice to see Sanson starting um i, I don't think i don't think you know anyone really sort of particularly shone but i i think he he deserved to start um yeah he, he needs to get, he does need some he, he needs he? to play you know we've got him a lot, we might as well use him exactly we spent a lot of money on him and he was really influential for marseille and um you know he just for a variety of reasons whether it's whether it's tactical or i mean certainly injury injury wise he just hasn't had the rub of the green so he needs to be playing games it's just where he fits in i mean you know it's it's that issue with midfield again it's it's who plays where he's he's a, he's, he's in the mcginn role isn't he that's where yeah. his natural position is yeah i think he's he, too he similar is. to mcginn almost i think ultimately we need to sort out that midfield and whether that means moving players on bringing players in we need to have an idea of exactly who goes in where because at the moment we're just doing this sort of little dance where we're um we're sort of sticking round pegs in square holes and and it's not quite working and again we talk about physicality none of the none of the players that we have currently um sort of fit the mold of a physically imposing midfielder uh, we've been really strongly linked again with calvin phillips who i think would just be an amazing signing i mean he's 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 a he's a brilliant player um but i i personally i think if leeds stay up which it looks like they will do um it's going to be problematic to try and get that deal done um i would be i would be amazed if we if we got if we got him and if we did get him we would have to pay an awful lot of money to get him and then and then you're talking about you know is it is it is it worth the out the outlay um so we'll see. I mean, I think the summer is going to be another really interesting one. Again, looking looking at Gerard's post-match stuff, he was talking about players playing for their future, players plural. You know, I think there, there are going to be a few that are going to be moved on. And yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. It's getting to the stage now, though, where we certainly feel like we're... Um, we're on the beach already and it's just yeah, it does, it, yeah. and, and it's and it's april you know it's just turned april you know we're, we're 13 points behind wolves now um so you know that's europe gone and 14 clear of the relegation zone so we're not going down mm. so we're going to finish anywhere between 10th and maybe 9th 9th and god yeah just above the relegation zone so it's yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see i mean i i hope hopefully that's enough incentive for the players that we have that want to stay that they they know you know they they put a shift in from now until the end of may um it was frustrating to see dean get injured again um i ho- hope that's not mm. kind of a regular thing where he's constantly in and out of the side due to injury because we need him to be you know or to be to be playing regularly as our number one left back um otherwise that's a lot of money wasted um ashley young I don't know. I mean, he's he's. I suppose he's good to have around with his experience, but I thought he struggled in that position, sort of replacing Dina. But it's always hard, I guess, if you come in cold into a match like that. Um, mm. That's problematic. Yeah. Um, it's disappointing yeah. after the so many of them had had such a good international break as well. You know, Mings yeah. and Watkins scoring yeah, yeah, for yeah. England, McGinn scoring Absolutely. for for Scotland, uh, Matty Cash. Drinking the Polish vodka, qualifying for the World Cup, which I imagine <laughs> yeah. you were feeling like he did the day after. As a, I was, I a was good very Polish proud. lad like yourself. I Zielinski. was very proud. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was brilliant. I actually, I watched. So, so the Polish, 
um, football team have their own kind of YouTube channel. Mm. And they have this video, which is sort of filmed behind the scenes, which they released a couple of days after the match, where it's sort of, they do a bit of, it's like half an hour long, mm. but they filmed the squad and the build up to the match. And then during the match, um, sort of, you know, the halftime talk and then after the match and post-match celebrations, all that sort of stuff. So I was watching that just with a bit of a smile because, um, oh, bless him, Matty Cash is there and he's, and he's <laughs> trying to speak, he's, he's trying to speak Polish and all the, and all the Polish players around him trying to get him to speak Polish. And <laughs> he's sort of like really quite coy and quite shy. Um, and, uh, yeah, but he, he, I think he's definitely got a bit of a cult status there now. I mean, I, oh, mean, I imagine he, he, he played, he mm. played well against Sweden and, uh, and, um, yeah, I think I think they can see. I mean, he's so passionate. You know, he really mm. belts out the national anthem. He's having yeah. Polish lessons, and I think um, you know we we, uh, we you know it'd be great to see him at the World Cup now. So um, mm. so that's really really positive. And and obviously he signed his new contract with us, which is fantastic news because he yeah, was absolutely. heavily linked with yeah. Atletico um, Madrid, um, mm. and and he's certainly for me our best player this season, uh, most improved as well. Uh, and 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 for sure, you know he. I can, I, you know, he's he's a Gerard type player, bombing mm. forwards, trying to create, trying to score goals, and and he's he's increased um, his tally on both of those uh, yeah. those uh, those stats now. So well, um, he's he's uh, as, yeah, it's really great that he signed the contract because, um, as you say, pretty much since he got picked for Poland, um, it seems to have kind of electrified him and given more mm. confidence of, of yeah. how good he is. And, uh, you know, the links with Atletico Madrid, to be honest, I, I sort of feared in the back of my mind, oh, you know, Atletico Madrid, Champions League, they call it, mm. you know, it's, if he went, I, I, I could I could understand why. Um, yeah. The fact that he's been convinced to stay, great, brilliant, mm-hmm. because, yeah, he's really come on. And also, you know, Kane Kessler-Hayden, who's done so well at MK Dons and Swindon this season, plays in the same role. Um the thing with him is that we can bed him in gradually next season. So, you know, Cash can have a come off after 70 minutes and Hayden can come on or Hayden can play a full game if Cash is injured. It's got, that's quite a nice balance and it's good for Hayden to learn from yeah. uh, a player like Cash. And as yeah. you say, it's it, it's fantastic to see just how beaming with joy Cash is. It's very infectious. When he scores a goal, mm. there, there is not a happier man. When he sings that Polish national anthem, <laughs> It, 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 there's not a man who's more passionate about Poland in the history of Poland. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's just, um, and it must be so exhilarating for him as well to, you know, I think to immerse yourself in a course that he knows obviously quite well from his family. I think it's his mother, I think is Polish. Yeah. He obviously has a strong connection to it and knows it well, but to actually immerse yourself fully in it and to be there all the time and around it, it must be such a, and, you know, around Robert Lewandowski, let's be honest, mm. being around that must be so... Oh, just an amazing experience. So it's it's a great time for him, and it's great that he's stayed on for Aston Villa. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I love the guy. He's he's fast he's fast emerging as kind of I hate to say it, but the kind of Grealish replacement in terms of sort of fan love for him. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know, like you know, the people talk about the kind of the the. Um, similarities in terms of kind of the looks the hair the kind yeah. of that, that's that sort of thing as well but um but he's he's sort of totally filling that role for me in terms of what someone who hasn't no he hasn't come through the ranks of Villa obviously that you know that he's still got ties actually to sort of forest there's still loads of forest fans that comment on his posts and stuff yeah and forest fans how great he was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and he cle- played further forward for them he did yeah and i mean c- clearly you know he makes his mark 
you know where where he is so um you know internationally and domestically so yeah I'll tell you what, if, if if i'm if i'm in charge of dolce and gabbana <laughs> i'm looking at who what gucci have just signed with jack yeah. Grealish. that yeah what is it seven figure contract yeah i'm straight on to matty cash i'm getting him oh, in oh yeah Straight yeah, in, yeah. He's, he's, well, he's saw, got the looks, hasn't he? He certainly does. I mean, I saw some pictures of the lads at Cheltenham a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there, there was there was Matty Cash in his lovely sort of Peaky Blinders inspired suits. <laughs> I thought I thought you looked great. Yeah, yeah. We're strong admirers, Matty. You're great. Yeah, we are. Everyone. We are strong admirers. We are strong admirers. But yeah, so you know, he was he was, you know, he could have he could have snatched that point against um against Wolves, couldn't he? But uh, you know, good save from Jose Sar. Um, yeah, just I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like a derby. It didn't feel like a game that we were really up for, which is a bit inexcusable. Um, mm. I know you know we're not we're not direct rivals, but I thought maybe particularly after how they beat us at Villa Park early in the season, that might have been a slight more of an incentive to really go at them. But I just never really saw that. So I don't know if that's down to Gerard or that's down to tactics or that's down to the players on the pitch or whatever. But mm. I think that the, the game against Spurs will be an interesting one, um, just to see who he decides to to pick i mean we don't have anything to play for spurs absolutely do so you know the pressure will be on them to to get to get a result and um i don't know you know maybe maybe we can look at it the other way and say the shackles are off us and, and we can go into it with you know um slightly more relaxed as i say we're not going down we're not necessarily going up anywhere but we can just try and you know try and um just perform perform as well as we can but yeah we need to do better than that all Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Spice up your life, every boy and every girl. The Spice Girls once sang. And I, for one... I'm more than happy to listen to the greatest musician of all time, Jerry Halliwell, and ask this, the spicy question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you, on Monday Night Football, Jamie Carragher and Wayne Rooney, who was an excellent guest, by the way, talked about who should go into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Shockingly, there were no Villa players in the mix. So to rectify this grave injustice, I've put you in charge of the Premier League Hall of Fame committee, and I want to know which Villa players you'd put in there. Oh, so are we talking are talking about uh, a Hall of Fame just as of Villa players, or a Hall of Fame of Premier League players that Premier Villa players, players would get into it? Yes. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, well, I think I think I think Happy Bay probably would take the right back spots. Um, <laughs> Peter Enkelman might stick go in between the between oh, the sticks. To be uh, fair, Enkelman probably does deserve to go. I mean, that is an iconic moment, isn't it? <laughs> it's an iconic moment, yeah. Gilda Build up top. Um, a, I'll never forget that. Moment. Honestly, I think it's the it was it was a lot been punched in the face. It was it was when mm. when Enkelman that Enkelman, we won't we won't. It's, it's twenty no, we, years we, ago. We'll exactly. Let's, let, I've just I've just got over talking about the Wolves' defeat. We don't need to go <laughs> to that 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 dark place right now. Um, well, I I think that you know the first name that pops into my head if we're talking about all time Premier League greats who have donned the Villa shirt and, and could justify justifiably argue to um, to sit among the pantheon of of all time greats. It's got to be it's got to be God, isn't it? 
Yeah, Paul McGrath. Paul McGrath That's the sits in there. You know, he's he's one of those players that I did I did see in my sort of formative Villa supporting years, where you know I was very young when I was sort of just getting into them, sort of the very sort of early nineties, mid nineties, and he was sort of obviously coming to the end of his time with us. Um, but like literally, he was the only player you'd hear about, like. Mm. when you were when you were in the ground when you're outside like he was such an iconic player at that time and the fact you know we still sing about him and talk about him now just goes to show what a just unbelievable player he was Mm. um and you know it was it was i think it was a bit of a surprise that man united let him go to us because i think clearly he had he had lots of potential and i think it was a bit of a shock that that they let him go but um you know, he he came to us and you know just absolutely thrived, and he? he was just yeah incredible. It was he was one of those players that just had this sort of incredible natural ability to just be in the right place at the right time to make the right decisions at the right time. Yeah, he was a, a, just a real force. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. can't. It's, it's difficult to it's difficult to kind of put your finger on what it is that makes some players special in, in many ways. I mean, obviously he was a good defender, but you just carry this kind of aura about him um, that just made, made him kind of just a cut above everybody else. Mm. Um, and I think legitimately, even you know, twenty five years on, thirty years on since the Premier League's inception, even though he was playing at the very early days of it, he would mm. still, I think, arguably justify at, at least a discussion of someone that, that could potentially make it into that squad, I would say. It's it's worth pointing out as well, he was the first ever players player of the season uh, mm. in the in the Premier League era. And, um, you know, got Aston Villa. And it, it was a humongous part of Villa coming second and winning the League Cup twice. Yeah, in absolutely. 96. Um, yeah, and, and, and just, just, just an iconic player. I think, you know, you can, I, I can picture him now in that sort of mitocopia's shirt and, mm. Um, you yeah. know, he's, he's, he's just, he was just sort of, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of an icon. I think, I think if we talk about other players, unfortunately, it's, it's more players that have, have played for us and done well for us, but have gone on to play for other clubs and achieved more success. And by that, I mean, someone like Dwight York kind of yes. sort of yeah. com- comes to my mind yeah. as someone that might fit in there probably more though, unfortunately for what he achieved at Man United rather than what he did for us. But obviously what he did for us meant that he meant he got that move. So yeah, it's it's that's a, a tough one to sort of maybe think Dwight, legi- yeah, legitimize, I, but I'd agree. I think Dwight York and um, there's one other player I think who who really deserves to be there, primarily for how much they played in the Premier League. Yeah, I know who you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. I'll let who who do you reckon? Bosco Balaban. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, <laughs> um, well, it's, it's got it's got to be Gaz Gaza. Yeah. Yeah, Gareth Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Is he is he still the record Premier League appearance holder? Uh, I don't want to say for shirts. sure, but I think right he likely is. Maybe maybe James Milner, another um, alumni. Yeah. James Milner might, might scored be his first well. goal at the age of sixteen in the Premier League. Milner for Leeds. Mm. I remember that because I was sixteen at the time, which and I remember looking oh, at him, wow. him and Rooney, both my my school year, I think. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And um, Rooney definitely was and. Seeing them both scoring at 16 in the Premier League against like the likes of David Seaman and um, I think it was Chelsea maybe that Milner scored against. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd agree well, with the, the names you mentioned. Yeah, yeah Gareth, Gareth Barry is, um, is still number one. In yeah. fact, James Milner is the only one of the top, randomly, there's a list of 13 players that I can see that is still actively playing. And he's 
he's quite well he's quite a way off actually so he's he's had so james milner's fourth on the all-time list with mm. 584 appearances and gareth barry achieved 653 wow so the top five are actually a little little quiz Oh, yeah. who, do you think, who do you think is in the top five? Now that we know oh, we know two of them, so well, who's the remaining three? Well, okay, so Gary, Gareth Barry, number one, Milner four, Ryan Giggs has to be in there, I'd Ryan say. Ryan Giggs, number two, yeah. Yeah. So two, two more. Um, oh, Paul Scholes was in the Premier League a long time. Scholes is not in the top. Not in, there, in this though. list, I can see, no. Oh, there's a fair few players who were there a lot. Oh, it's oh, John Terry. John Terry is not in the list, but his oh. teammate of many, many years and seasons is. Oh. He's had a bad night tonight. Oh. Teammate of many seasons. Oh, no, who is it? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Who is it? Frank Lampard. Oh, let, oh, oh, I was thinking Ch- Chelsea Champions League. Oh, but so, okay, so Frank Lampard, James Milner, uh, Barry Giggs, and yeah, the, oh, the last one, goal, goalkeeper, be former, a goalkeeper, yeah, former Aston Villa player again. Schm- Schm- won't be Schmeichel, no, uh, no not, not Schmeichel. He, he had, yeah, he, he played for a few clubs. Shall I, t- shall I tell you some of the clubs he played for? Yeah, go on then. So Liverpool, played for Liverpool for a long time. Then he played for uh, Man City. I David think James. We... Yes, yeah. David James. Wow, I wouldn't so... have thought he was that high up, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we are. Our All current right. manager, Stephen Gerrard, is joint 11th. Stevie G, Captain Gerrard, yeah. Cap- Captain, Captain Gerrard. So, um, so uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, absolutely. Gareth Barry could absolutely lay claim to... One of the, I mean, it's a very competitive um, area of the pitch, centre of the field. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you could, you could, you could make a claim for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think uh, you know, is he, was he as as brilliant as someone like Frank Lampard? No, but he was a, he was a really good player. He won the Premier League a couple of times, um, won a fair few trophies, and remarkably injury free. Um, I think I think uh, maybe slightly underrated as a player, so I think he uh, yeah he deserves. He, one day he'll go in, I think, just for for his. He's, he's like anyway. he's like a like a sort of a Gary Speed type player, like someone yes. that that would that you know played at a high level, um, was really reliable, really uh, good, be, w- yeah, better be than a, you would think. Yeah. Yes, would would be like a like a pretty much a seven or an eight out of ten, pretty much most games. Yeah, you'd say, um, but but not but not showy, not flamboyant. Um. Yeah. So. Um, so. So. Yeah. It's. It's. It's one of those funny ones where you know, you think about players in terms of their brilliance, and you just think of those who have been kind of marketed, perhaps in a, in a certain way, and have have, uh, have become sort of more famous. Whereas Barry sort of was just just a quiet quiet type of um, mm. of player. It didn't didn't wasn't showy at all, was he? But but a very good player, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I think I agree with you. I think Paul McGrath is the most obvious one. He's just an absolutely fantastic player. And, you know, um, as somebody who followed Ireland or follows Ireland, obviously, um, I uh, followed him back in. I remember watching him in the World Cup '94 against Italy. It was on my birthday that game, 
watching it all when my entire family was over and all that and just unbelievable um mm-hmm. he, that, and that performance was an iconic all-time great performance and though that was at international level his premier league performances deserved it as well one of the greatest players that ever played football paul mcgrath and there's a reason villa had their most successful spell that i've ever seen was when he was there so yeah mm-hmm. i agree but get get him in get him in <laughs> get him in That was the spicy question, and both George and I think that God himself, Paul McGrath, should go into the Premier League Hall of Fame. If you have an opinion on which other Villa players should be considered for that Hall of Fame, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can email us at allvillanofilla at gmail.com. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game. Now, it's Spurs at home on Saturday. Frankie, I'll be watching it with you in person. Not at the game, granted, but I will be down in London to see you after uh, a few months away from each other. Um, We're going to try and brave a pub in London to watch it. So, you know, please don't lose this one, Villa. Um, Can can we stop their Champions League charge, though? Because they're looking pretty good at the moment, although also quite inconsistent. Yes, they are inconsistent, um, but they are very consistent against us. Uh, we've lost 16 in 19 to Spurs. 16 in 19. Um, and we haven't beaten them at Villa Park since 2008. Now, before that, growing up, I always remember we had a good record against Spurs. And I thought I was, you know, I started thinking, was I making that up? But no, from 1991 to 96, they didn't beat us. We always used to beat them. And then after that, we beat them pretty, you know, quite regularly. And then just in 2008, they seemed to work out football. And we seemed, well, two years later in 2010, we seemed to have forgotten how to play it. Um, yeah. And hence why the record has got so bad. It's incredible that 2008 is the last time we beat them at Villa Park because, you know, um, that kind of a record is reserved for Manchester United, um, having not beaten them since 95. And before beating Arsenal 1-0 in the season we stayed up two years ago, we hadn't beaten Arsenal at home since 98 or 99. So, um, and they're two games that I was at, the Arsenal and the Man United game in the 90s. So maybe I need to go to the Spurs game to end that hoodoo. Or I've been to see them play us twice in the last few years and both times we've come away absolute losers. So um, this time, um, Villa, uh, you don't know what to expect. You never know. But as you say, Spurs are inconsistent. They've lost a you know, lost at United away, lost at Burnley away, not too recently. But they've won three in the bounce. Um, and when they get a bit of momentum, that team, and with a manager like Conte, they're hard to stop. Kane looks like he's coming to real form. I don't think we're going to stop him. I just don't. I don't think we've got yeah. the required players to do it at the moment. And Son is Son. Um, Son's the kind of player you look at and you go, will he score against Villa? And you go, yeah. So um, I hate to sound cynical, but I just don't think we're going to beat them. Um, but I also throw in the caveat that I think Villa, you can't quite predict us. So um, you never know. Spurs just aren't quite at it. Um, and Villa really are at it. And we sort of have the right personnel out. Maybe Buendia comes back in. He's been playing very well when he's come on recently. Mm-hmm. And maybe Ings is back. Maybe we can uh, repeat some of the form we showed during the three wins in a row. But if I had to bet, I'd say we won't beat Spurs. Um, we'll probably lose 3-2 or 3-1. But you never know. Um, what do you think? Well, I think um, <clears throat> I think the one caveat I would say is is it's um, 
so it's a it's a night kickoff or evening kickoff half five saturday villa park yeah um you know we've had some great games at villa park at that time um yeah, floodlights out villa park. yeah flood, 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 you know floodlights do 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 something special um there uh it's a sellout we know it's a sellout um which again is is great in terms of atmosphere and generating that we had that game against united in a similar sort of um it was a similar time wasn't it where we were We'd be two nil down. We were, weren't we, and managed to claw it back to, to two, two to two yeah. all. So you know, um, we are obviously capable of playing the good sides and, and getting getting results. Um, we talked about it previously, though, about generally this season our results against the, the top sides this season has not been very good at all. No. Um, so that's something that we absolutely need to work on. Um, I mean, Crystal Palace showed the other day that that you know teams teams mid table can beat teams challenging for the for the top four so and that was comprehensive you know three nil against arsenal was was a, was a you know really strong result for them so there's no reason why we can't do it against spurs as, as we said they are inconsistent there's no guarantee that they, you know they're not, they're not steamrolling it they're they're sort of you know they're, they're neck and neck with arsenal for that for that spot um and um we have got players that can hurt anyone in the league when they're when they actually play i mean you know if Coutinho turns up, if Watkins turns up, if yeah. when when Dia has an has an impact off the bench, if Ramsey turns it on, you know we've we've got some really good talented players. Obviously, you know we are we are a good side. It's just can we play to get together collectively as a unit to to hurt teams? Um, and and can teams you know have like Tottenham have an off day, particularly when it comes to exploiting our clear weakness in centre midfield? Mm. Um, they'll, they'll have they'll have the impetus. The Arsenal losing three 0 Champions League chasing. Um, you know, you'd, you'd, the, their attitude would probably be right at it. I'd say at the weekend, but I don't know. I just, I just want I just want Villa to to do the opposite of what they did against Wolves. Look like they really want to win this game. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the what you want to see is us on the front foot. You know, mm. we've we've got some great attacking players. That is where our strengths are in that sort of offensive portion of the pitch. And we've got to make sure that we get the ball to those sorts of players that can create stuff. Um, and we just struggle to do that. I think namely because we, we just don't have the midfield that, that's that got the sort of physicality to to win possession and to hold on to the ball and allow those players to flourish. We just, we just, we just seem, we just seem just with a few players off it. And to yeah. be honest, we, 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 knew, we knew that, you know, in January, we were pursuing a lot of players. Actually, Bentan Kerr, interestingly, will probably be playing against us, having been strongly linked with us in January. But then, you know, the January window shut and Gerard said, OK, you know, that's the way it is. We tried. January is a difficult month to sign all the players that we want. But, you know, we've brought some players in so we can, you know, try and build on it. And I think that's it. You know, we just have to wait until the summer and improve and um, take it from there. So... I just, as I said before, I hope we the players don't think you know they can relax. They're on the beach and everything else because they they are playing for their futures. And if they want to stay at Villa Park, if they want to you know succeed with us, then they've got to they've got to put a shift in from now until May. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I I do think with Gerard, we've got to give him time. You know, even if we lose tomorrow, you know, again it was four games on the bounce that cost um, four defeats on the bounce that cost Dean Smith his job. Remember. Um, you know, Gerard's not in that position, obviously, but I just hope that Villa fans don't turn on him, you know, criticize his tactics or whatever. I just, I just think we don't actually have the personnel to, to play in the way Gerard is desperate to play in. Um, 
but we but we'll get there you know he clearly has the backing of the of the owners um so in the summer when we address those clear problems and sort of holes in our team then um then i think we'll be i think we'll we'll be we'll be good we'll have a we'll have a full season a full pre-season with gerard that will make a big difference i think it's always difficult when the manager comes in sort of mid, midway through a season so that will be a big thing so we just have to you know tr- trust in gerard trust in the project and um and yeah again against Spurs what will be will be but I just I just hope we just put in a better performance I I'm with you I don't think we get the right result I, I just don't see it I think Spurs is probably just a bit yeah. too strong at the moment and Kane yeah. is in ridiculously good form yeah um but we just need a performance for you know the sellout crowd that are at Villa Park on Saturday just to kind of you know give 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 the fans a bit of a lift that's that's what I would that's the least I think we deserve. Yeah, Gerard's a manager who's still learning. You know, he's still new. He's still relatively new to the industry of management. There's going to be times when it doesn't go quite right, um, but he's proven before that he can learn from mistakes and learn from, um, and he can improve and get better as he did at Rangers. Yes, it's a totally different experience, but what he did at Rangers was pretty extraordinary, to be honest. And uh, I think that um, you know we we got to hope that he can do the same at Aston Villa, and let, let's see where it goes. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. Um, that's almost it for for this show. Uh, but before we go, we wanted to talk about um, one issue which was uh, raised by the club in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it was announced um, it was announced officially that um, that your uncle Frankie John Dean was diagnosed with dementia. Has been diagnosed with dementia. Mm. Obviously, you, you as his um, as his nephew has, have been aware of his condition. I imagine for for some time um so yeah we just wanted to kind of ask you about that and how that's been for for him for john and and for you as a family yeah um it's it's something that i've been aware of for quite a while um but what i can say is you know he's um i absolutely love him and his family um just brilliant brilliant people and you know he's he's lived a bit of a dream life you know grew up an aston villa fan got to play for Villa and have a great career there. He's a, he's, a, he's a bit of a Villa legend, you know, played in a great, great side in the 70s under Ron Saunders with some great players like Mortimer, Andy Gray, Brian Little, had some great moments, won trophies. Um, and then Kate got to come back and be caretaker manager and a coach as well. So, you know, he's he's a massive part of my life and a huge inspiration for me um, as a Villa fan. And he's the main reason I am a Villa fan, really. Um so, you know, what I can say is his family's absolutely fantastic people. He's somebody who got to live that life and, um, you know, has turned out to be such a nice person. I, I can't say highly enough just what a great, great person he is. Um, and, I, you know, I, I've, I saw him a few months ago and I interviewed him on this podcast as well. And he spoke at length about his career and he had great, you know, um, vivid recollections of um just just the most amazing details you know like what road he was picked up by on by charlie aitken and you know and where he was on the pitch when he scored a goal and this kind of thing um just a just a just a great great person and uh you know i quite his, his wife spoke to the media and um linda she said uh you know if you come across john at a match or elsewhere please don't be afraid to interact with him 
Um, please understand that John may not be able to converse in the way he once did, but he still loves to talk about football and share a laugh. So he's surrounded by um, a really supportive family. Clearly, a lot of fans really supported him as well. Uh, you know, when that statement was released last week, there's some really lovely responses. Um, and also from uh, friends, you know, people from inside and outside of football, um, you know, players like Chris Sutton, Darren Eady, Brian Little, um, to name just a few um, that all said really nice things. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he is a legitimate Villa icon, legend, as you say. You know, obviously you you grew up around him, so so you know you know all about him, you know personally, okay. and and obviously he must have been a, a hero to you growing up. I mean, absolutely, God knows, yeah. God knows if if you know there, there was a Villa player in my family that I would um, I would absolutely feel the same way. So I, I would I would recommend I'd strongly advise anybody that wants to know a bit more about someone who who played for us. Um, when we were really at the, the peak of our powers, uh, really, and he was such a fundamental part of that as well in the in the late seventies. Um, to listen back to that show and have a have a have a proper listen to what he had to say about it, because you know ultimately that's that's where we want to get to uh, now, don't we all as as, as Villa fans? So, mm. and John was there the last time that we were really. It was only a few years after that we were champions of Europe, of course. So, um, so he was part of that process. He was part of the the teams that that got us to that to that night in um in holland in all those years ago so um so yeah listen back to that and, and obviously frankie um you know it, obviously it's very difficult for you and your family uh, and i'm sure we'll talk about john more in future podcasts and and um we'll keep we'll keep people updated with how he's with how he's getting on okay that is it uh, for now i've been your host george Zielinski. see you later frankie Catching a bit george up the villa up the villa and we'll try as i said me and frankie are actually watching this game together on saturday so how we do that particular podcast will be interesting to uh, <laughs> to, to, to consider but um we will try to get um a podcast out after that the villa game against uh, spurs on saturday but until then come on super aston villa <laughs>